We're all engineers here, including Mikey, newfound engineer. Yeah. Mikey could probably record a fucking record now that he knows how to plug a microphone and turn it on. I feel like he'd do a great job. I want to hear Mikey's solo yeah, record. I'm making pedals as of tomorrow. <laughs> Are you really? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know. I mean, he's full of surprises. He's just poking. I know. That's poking his circuit board with a drumstick. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and just- they said I could fix anything with a drumstick. <laughs> well, here it goes. But that's what I'm saying is it's Mikey, so it's like. You know, if Mikey decides to become an audio engineer, he's going to blow the three of us out of the water based on, you know, his track record of everything else yeah. he does. It's like, God, this mix has so many muscles. Hey, I don't even have a place to record this music, but let me just smoke this weed and we'll stand next to it and we'll record music. Wow, it sounds amazing. There's a sudden swath of bands coming out of Philadelphia. You sound exactly like 311 and they're all jacked. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to start this podcast off by saying, Mikey, you found out this incredible math equation on tour a few years back. Would you like to recite that to uh, the listeners out there? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, one day I was sitting there giving a good think, and I realized that when it's 3.11 in the afternoon, 69 minutes later, it'll be 4.20. The Fibonacci sequence. Mind blown. <laughs> I remember when he told me this and I was like, it's true. I know. I was telling like random cashiers at like gas stations <laughs> to just try to brighten their day. You're listening to the Super Week Super Weekly Supercast. I'm your host, Evan. And I am your host, Doc Chris Beck Levo Bag. And I am your host, Michael Paul Jonathan Davis Tajian. And today we have a very special guest, Kyle Pulley. Yeah! Welcome, Kyle. Welcome back. (laughs) This is round two. (laughs) (laughs) You might know him from Headroom Studios. You might know him from Thin Lips with Mikey. And then, of course, you probably don't know him from Dangerous Ponies, a band that we were all in. (laughs) (laughs) Together! I was wondering if uh, in this podcast we're going to throw Mikey under the bus, but it sounds like... Evan already did. Let's we can address it. So well, we could always edit it out, you know. We yeah. Can pretend this is but for the listeners for some history. This is our second time trying to do the pod with Kyle because the first time, not only did Mikey pull a classic band practice move of being supremely late to the recording, he also, as we found out at the very end, only remembered to record the last five minutes of the podcast. Well, I mean, he, it's not like he forgot. It's just that, you know, there's some technical. He was recording on his phone. I don't know. And well, honestly, my recordings were like stopping because I could only record so much. Your all recording kept going and I didn't even want to stop to say anything. Here's, here's the great crime of that. Mikey is one of the funniest people that we all know. And he said some genuine comedy gold top to bottom. The most he's spoken on an episode so far to the point where... I actually had a moment where I was like, should I get Mikey to just recut his part and just like overdub his own voice onto the podcast recording that we have? <laughs> oh, you could have done some some radio magic. It would have been like the first time. The first time first of what? Time. I would have forgotten my answers and then I just would have probably naturally answered exactly <laughs> yeah. the way I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're you're like a yeah. weed smoke method actor. You know. Yeah, I'm happy you're here. Today, uh, listeners, you're in for Kyle's lengthy uh, Mikey lot. What do you call those, Kyle? Oh, the Mikey files. Yeah, the Mikey. Oh, I thought Chris was saying we would do that in a whole. We, we could do that on a whole. We could do the XXX files on a different episode if that's <laughs> if you guys want to do. Yeah, that'll be our premium content. Uh, our first Patreon episode is all <laughs> Mikey sexcapades. Yeah, my wife would love that one. 
<laughs> oh my god, yeah. yeah, keep that away. I've told her. <laughs> oh, well, wow. it's fine. No, that's a mark of an amazingly healthy marriage. That's wild. Yeah, I tell her everything. But just being open and honest has been like our thing from the get-go. Just, yeah, to, no, just, that's, that's great. That's, that's a healthy. beautiful, mature sentiment. That's like uh, really not fitting for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Did everyone pull up the song? What's the song? Uh, Plane Crash. Yep, Mikey, I'll let you take the lead. I don't know what I'm doing. Kyle, tell us what you remember from recording the song. Do you remember when Evan gave you the call... Called the call to the duty. I got the call of a lifetime, you know. <laughs> no, it's probably just laying in bed, sweating in a disgusting hot warehouse. Listening to ICP naturally. Uh, yeah. This is character assassination. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like if anything, Kyle would be listening to like Erica Badu or Jazz or something. Wearing your leather Italian leather dad shoes. Right. I had my Italian leather dad shoes on. Mikey banged on my flimsy door uh, that had glass panes on it that I painted uh, a random pink color over it so you couldn't see through it. I think you guys had recorded the song and you asked me to record some bass over it. But as I recall, I think I was replacing somebody playing bass. In fact... <laughs> Yes, and we specifically didn't bring this up on that Somebody's episode we released last week. <laughs> so the listeners can figure out that riddle if they're dedicated enough. But yeah, I think uh, I think it was just like the vibe was, if I remember correctly, that the bass that was already there was just like too aggressive or something like that. So you guys wanted something different. We called in something. the Groove Doctor. We needed the grooviest bass player the warehouse had to offer. Kyle oh, yeah. Pulley. Oh, Everyone. yeah. Well, besides, you know, funk master Chris Baglivo, but... Oh, I'm far too funky. And also, we listened to one episode <laughs> that I did play bass on, or one uh, song we, we I did play bass on recently, and it's a nightmare of notes. Like it's it is, is like a thousand notes. Yeah, it's like a torrential <laughs> downpour of bass. And if you look at your screen now, you'll see Chris wearing a speedo playing bass in the Dangerous Ponies, popping oh. it and slapping it. Oh man! Actually, recently I saw you know like all those classic viral tweets where they prompt you to post a photo of yourself from some point in your life, and one was find a photo of yourself when you're 20 and one of yourself now and post them. So I was like, oh, I'm not going to post this, but I'll look through the doc files, if you will. <laughs> and just see what I have of myself. Of the handful of photos that were taken of me at age 20, one of them was me posing in my Speedo behind the pink and purple Dangerous Ponies van with Chrissy inches away from my bathing suit area doing like the old like bow wow, like glasses down the nose, like looking at my area. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm not reposting this anywhere. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, that's on your Facebook, my friend. I can go get that and post it online right now. You know what? I shouldn't have mentioned it to Evan. The uh, <laughs> Speaking of character assassination, he's been working on me for years. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I mean, I know this is Kyle's episode, but it wouldn't be uh, Kyle's episode if we didn't put Chris... In a speedo as the uh, you know the cover art. It's true. That's what I want. <laughs> wow. You heard it here first. I feel so honored. Can we also Photoshop in Kyle when he had he looked like Yosemite Sam? Oh, those were classic luck. Dangerous Ponies days. I feel like that photo shoot that we did. Good luck to anybody who wants to find this image on the internet. We did like a Brady Bunch style stacking of all the members of the band in, in our own specific squares and. It really encapsulated all of our personalities really well. And I feel especially so for Evan because he was doing like a fierce face, like a very pseudo fierce face, but he was wearing a pair of 
Winnie the Pooh ears that my sister bought him at Disney World when she went there one time. I was a very cute bear. You were. <laughs> Still are. With it's, a heart-shaped guitar. <laughs> Mikey was wearing a, a jumpsuit and uh, smoking a blunt. Classic. Kyle, I was always so envious of the incredible mustache that you could grow. Remember when you would like, really like wax the heck out of the ends? and you? I think this was even uh, pre- before like every man who exists now looks like he is in like a prison version of a barbershop quartet with like their shaved sides of their hair and their like, you know, teased up mustaches and stuff. You were a progenitor of that. I didn't shave my beard for, I didn't trim my beard for six to eight months. The waxing of the mustache was in part just to like kind of look like an idiot, but it also helped. It also <laughs> legitimately, if you're going to grow your mustache long, it legitimately makes it so that you're able to eat food and not just hair because, you know, gets it out of the way. At some point, I had it curled out to the point where it was just like my mustache was in my peripheral vision at all times. Like I could see the tips of my mustache in my vision at all times. And every single human I <laughs> came into contact with was just like, nice mustache. And I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Because <laughs> it was a nice mustache. You, you looked like you were moments away from tying a damsel to the train tracks. So it was like that level of a mustache. Yeah, yeah it was It was huge. I mean, it was fine when you're on tour and you're just like a crazy nomad anyway, but like trying to, just being home for two days and just like every single person, like you hold the door for someone at Wawa or like whatever, and they're like, nice mustache. And you're like, I can't. <laughs> Can't do this. I'm going to just start doing that to you now. Anytime I see you, I'm just going to be like, oh, Kyle, nice mustache. <laughs> and that's fine because it would only be you. But I'm saying like every single human you come in contact with. So many thoughts just raced through my mind. Uh, one of them, I was curious last last time I didn't get to talk to you about this, but in the Dangerous Ponies, I was wondering like, it's been a long time since we did the Dangerous Ponies. So what was kind of your goal for your guitar tone? There were three guitar players in there. Like, what did you feel like your role was? And like, how did you go about assessing your tone? Because you had that Les Paul, you had that Dr. Z amp that at one point was mine. I know, you know, you recorded and produced the first EP like what did you feel like your role was I feel like you did a lot of textures and used a lot of really cool effects and whatnot and also insisted on having a banjo whenever possible <laughs> <laughs> I still love banjo but it's a polarizing instrument I like banjo these days guys it's yeah. okay these days being this week <laughs> you're right <laughs> the thing is like Evan, I really feel like you taught me a lot about like tone and thinking about different guitars and different amps and, and tones and stuff. But I, at the time, I was kind of just using whatever was around. Like you weren't using that amp, so I used that amp. That Les Paul was the guitar I had. It was not the guitar I wanted. It was just the one I had. You know, I even sold it a few years ago because I just was like, nobody ever came to the studio and was like, oh, Les Paul, this is sick. Like, no one said that. It's because everyone was wrong. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> well, you're not recording 14-year-olds, you know? Do 14-year-olds even like Les Pauls? Do, yeah, do 14-year-olds like Les Pauls? When you first get into guitars. Oh, yeah. Then, well, at like, least oh, we did. Cool. I remember but, I my mean, dad had them. I was like, dude, this is cool shit. Because we were 14 in the year, like, 1999, and Les Pauls were the shit in 1999. But yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Slash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was still hangover. But, uh, you know, there's three guitars. There's, as we said before, a lot of bass notes happening. And uh, I was just trying to do something that accentuated or like moved the song along or created a texture and just like stayed out of everybody's way. So that was always like my idea behind the, the tone I had or the parts I had or anything, just trying to like 
do the ear candy. It rocked. You did that on a, a later Super Week song, uh, uh, Nietzsche's Harvest song. It fucking rocks. And uh, one day we'll get to that episode and listen to it. <laughs> Yes, I'll come back. (laughs) Well, Kyle, I got to say, I definitely, when recording and producing and engineering records and stuff, I definitely bite your style on the way that you did those textures in Dangerous Ponies. I definitely occasionally bust out the old uh, tap tempo tremolo and the old (laughs) tap tempo delay pedal and link them up and make all sorts of wacky sounds and then tuck them into the mix and uh, let people smoke ooh weed and ah and <laughs> smoke weed to it yeah yeah <laughs> i'm personally very influenced by your bass playing after we listen to the song i'd love to get into talking about how we kind of met pretty much you recorded my band hide and seek in, in the production <laughs> yeah. class in college and yeah. that's how we met and, right i was uh, a senior and you were a freshman i essentially brought you a bunch of songs with uh way over orchestra orchestrated arrangements and I was the bass player and I pretty much bass soloed the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. If I remember correctly, you were not the bass player. Your bass player was this poor kid who was like so nervous to play and he played like whatever he played. And I think that we had you like re I think basically like you would bring your bandmates in and they would play whatever and it wouldn't be good. So then we would just like ask you to replay all of your bandmates parts. That's how you learn how to play the cello. (laughs) So I'm pretty sure you like replay. I'm pretty sure you like did the drums. Your bass player came in and played his part. You like redid it. Courtney definitely did the drums. I remember Courtney did the drums for sure. I don't don't think she did. I really think like besides the strings, and maybe like some vocals and maybe like one or two other things. I think you mostly did everything. What about Josh's guitar? I think Josh may have done some of his guitar. All right. Well, sorry to anyone in that band if you listen to this. (laughs) I don't remember doing this, but it's entirely possible. Well, I feel like I, I do. That's the first time I remember Elliot played bass in that band. I absolutely forgot that until you just brought this up. And I was like, well, I was the bass player. No, I was definitely the bass player. I don't know. This is crazy. Well, I, you this did. Was, I mean, you probably did eventually play the bass. Dude, Kyle, do you do you realize that this is almost like 15 years ago at this point? Yeah, way to make everybody feel bad. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> How am that's, I supposed to remember anything about that that's 15 insane. years ago? 2006. Oh, so old. Maybe 2007. <laughs> it's fine. No, We've yeah. known you for so long. Oh, my God. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> but then in the following years after that hide-and-seek recording, initially, Evan and I and Chrissy Tajan, Mikey's sister and also future guest of the pod and also singer and guitar player of Thin Lips, started the band Dangerous Ponies with a totally different lineup that changed rapidly over the first year. And Kyle actually initially joined the band to fill in for Evan on a tour that Evan couldn't do. Evan was studying abroad. Right, Evan was in England, right. And if I remember correctly, that was the, was that the Gay by Gay Gay tour, the first one you came on, Kyle? Yes, yes it was. So for those who don't know, Gay by Gay Gay is a, well, gay by and gay gay, answer to South by Southwest. So it's like its own like kind of alt festival that happens in Austin. I mean, you know, it was a thing that happens in someone's backyard. Yeah. But, what was you know, it? it like, was cool. Like four houses shared that backyard. You know, it's a big backyard. It was a big backyard. But it was a great time. Actually, Evan, I don't know if you ever even made it to that. We never, did we, did we go back there with you in the band? We definitely went uh, to South by Southwest with me in the band. So I'm assuming we did. I, I don't think we did. As, as the person with maybe... <laughs> 
<laughs> better memory than yeah yeah yeah. Than, <laughs> yeah I remember I lost average. my weed and then went back the next morning and found my weed on that lawn and I also found a few other bags of weed because it was like a Score. huge yeah no it was a huge it was a huge yard that that show was in a M- huge Mi- yard Mikey Tashin bags of weed human bloodhound uh, you know what I'll even I'm gonna change that human budhound. <laughs> he can sniff out Bud at a, a mile away. Oh, and if God. I can, I'll ask, I'll ask it out. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it'll turn into a weed sleuth. How oh, I met Evan. He's like, "Hey, what's up?" I'm like, "Hey, Mikey, you got weed?" I mean, you definitely have done that for the entire decade plus that I've known you. Every time we've been on tour together for that long, my God, you've always done it. Wow, Mikey, we've been touring together for over 10 years. Wow, Chris, too. Damn. Damn. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, here we come. Do you guys remember the time we were in California or whatever and we stayed at somebody's house and, like, somebody lost their wallet and we went back to the house to look for the wallet and we just, like, pulled up couch cushions oh, and there was oh, just, yeah. like, a fucking ton was, of weed. It was weed. humble. Yeah. <laughs> of course it was Humboldt. Yeah, Mikey. <laughs> when we're in St. Louis, Mikey uh, is out of weed, as you know, it happens when you smoke weed all the time. So we, not knowing anybody, we just go to the venue that we played the night before. It was in St. Louis, this place called the Duck Room. So we just roll up to the Duck Room. I think his plan was to just go in and just like be like, hey, I played here last night. Do you know anybody who sells weed or... Do you remember, Mikey, like how you how you like decided to go in? I think so. Because didn't I? I think I lost my weed. So we went back to the venue. So the, and I asked the bartender and then like oh, he okay. whispered to, to his friend. I thought that they were like, I don't know, like making fun of me or something because just the way they were looking at me and stuff. I was like, all right, like, fuck this. And I was like, so the Mikey file says a guy named Liam the night before said he had a roommate who sold, but we couldn't get a hold of him. So we parked the van in the loading area the next day to walk in to find Liam to see if he's working again. Mikey comes back 10 minutes later and says they asked the one guy in the venue who said he didn't smoke weed, and the guy went over to the bar and looked over at Mikey while talking to another person at the bar. Mikey felt self-conscious, so he decides to leave and walk around the park trying to find people who might have weed. He happens upon some, quote, (laughs) young-looking kids who are sitting around on a bench he strikes up a conversation, and lo and behold, they are literally sitting there waiting for their friend to come and sell them some weed. Success. He comes back and tells us about it, and we ask, Mike, did you buy weed off high school kids? Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and then we are sitting there. He sits down in the driver's seat and begins rolling a joint. A guy walks out and says, oh, hey, I guess you figured it out. Sorry, my friend at the restaurant was asking me if I could sell you weed, but then you walked out. Glad you found some. Mikey says, oh, yeah? Want to sell me a gram? So Mikey walks into town without knowing anyone and buys weed twice in 20 minutes. <laughs> it was a little longer than that. I felt like when I was found it the first time, that took a little bit longer. Well, that's because you, you were back in, like, normal human timeline because you weren't high for those 20 minutes. So it felt like it took forever to you. You're like, God, You're like, God time is just crawling by. What is going on? It's amazing that <laughs> kids sold you. Because the thing is, like, you are a very like charismatic, like genuine person, but you're also like a very large, like strong man. So if I was like, let's just say for the sake of the story, eighteen, and you walk sure. up to me 
asking if I knew where to procure some marijuana, I'd be like, this guy looks like an undercover cop. Why is yeah, right? he's like some random no dude who's buff as hell asking Well, you know, I had overalls on, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah dude. My, just you, dude, my dude, my freak flag flying, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah that's 100%. Fair. My vibe was there. I was probably wearing Crocs. <laughs> yeah. They're like, this, this undercover cop's really good. Yeah. But still the overalls. Oh, man. Maybe I should save this one for the Mikey Files. But speaking of your overalls, and South by Southwest, one of my favorite Mikey memories. We were trying to rally everybody together after we had played a bunch of just like random one-off shows in different backyards that had a ton of free beer. So at that time I wasn't drinking, but the whole band was wasted. So Sarah Green and I went to go get the van and to pick everybody up so we could go to our actual like showcase or whatever it was that we were supposed to play that night. And we couldn't find everyone, but we found Mikey. Maybe Mikey was coming with us to the van. But either way, Mikey was just standing in the middle of the street, refusing to get into the van. And he and Sarah were like having an argument where he was like, Mikey was super wasted from all the free beer. Sarah was also like, you know, a little over the edge too. And so the argument got to the point where I don't remember who it was as Mikey standing in the street. It could have been me. Somebody started honking the horn to convince Mikey to get into the van. And this just incensed him. So what he did is he dropped his bag unhooked his overalls, turned around, dropped his overalls to his ankles, and full mooned us in the middle of the street. And this isn't just like in front of a venue. We were in like a neighborhood in Austin. There was an old man watering his lawn, like down the road, just like watching this happen. Oh, man. But to Mikey's credit, know. after he, he, he did his symbolic gesture of showing us his whole ass, he pulled his overalls back up, put them on, got in the van, and we went to the show. Uh, Always a professional. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't believe I, I either never heard that story or heard it and just like forgot it amongst all of the other stupid stories. Do you remember that, Mikey? Vaguely. <laughs> oh, there was no way he could have. They, was, he had so much, so much Austin? stuff in his system. Austin, Texas, yeah. Maybe our first right. or second tour. I vague, I kind of do remember it a little bit, like in in bits and pieces. It's great that we're like just <laughs> we have so many stories. We're just talking about different stories this time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why we should just do the Mikey Files as a series for this podcast. Like, I know, I know. That next next guest. We're starting the oral oh. tradition. This is how this is how like right. Her Hercules was eventually attributed <laughs> to be the son of Zeus. Like the oral tradition of all the wild stuff he did that got passed down right. to generations. In five hundred years, there'll be a, a new religion where people worship a weed god. <laughs> Where's overalls? <laughs> Mikey has posed as Jesus. It's true. Oh yeah, Mikey. <laughs> Do you want to give us like a quick summary of, of how you rose to, uh, you know, the, the throne of God? Yeah. <laughs> so I was in Swarthmore at a cafe and I saw a farmer's market. So I went and asked this lady if I could work on her farm and she gave me her number. <laughs> it's just a thing you ask people. Yeah, it was just weird. I'd, I was just in that headspace and I was like, do you need help? And she's like, actually, yes, I do. And so I was like, that was cool. And then a couple minutes later, I'm just like sitting having coffee at this cafe, like on uh, outside of it. And these people walk by and they're just like, are you this person? We were just talking to like the lady that you were just talking to. And she said, you really look like Jesus. And I was like, yeah, was like, that's me. I was like, I clearly look like Jesus. Do you even need to ask? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah, I get it. I would get it a lot then. So 
you know, the long and the short, he's like, I am like an actual painter. He's like, I, you know, I have a few famous paintings. My wife standing next to him was like, you know, she'll tell you, you know, I'm not blowing smoke up your bum, but I would love to paint you as Jesus. And I was like, uh, okay. So, you know, went to his house eventually, signed a form saying I wouldn't steal his artwork or release it or do anything. And that I was just going to make X amount of money. But then he painted me a few times. I went there like three times and I took pictures. The last time was with kids across the street where I was just like looking very fatherly towards these children. The mother, the mom was there and it was like <laughs> kind of uncomfortable, but she knew like it was fine. She was like, it wasn't uncomfortable. Did they but, have you in costume while you were standing with these kids? Yeah, I was like wearing... Have you not seen the painting of, of Mikey as Jesus? I've only seen the headshot painting. I haven't okay. seen one yeah, with, yeah, yeah. In, with, with a bunch of children I haven't seen that looking one over his flock. <laughs> well, I haven't seen that one either, but I have. I, have, I don't really talk to the guy. But you were wearing the classic Christ toga in in that situation. Yeah, he even like had me hold. You know, supposed to be like a scepter kind of thing, but I think I held like a a rake, one of the thick plastic oh. rakes. Oh wow. <laughs> Yeah. So ridiculous. Just so I could like have something in my hand. For your staff. Did you use that rake to turn like a bunch of fish into even more fish or a classic Christ miracle? Turn it into more rakes. Did you, yeah, did you turn some leaves <laughs> into wine with that rake? I turned so yeah, that that was pretty much <laughs> he, he, the turned, Jesus. he turned that weed into smoke. <laughs> <laughs> and then a, I think a church bought a painting, so there might be a painting of me in a church. So good. Well, we'll eventually scour the countryside so we can find that we church gotta, with Mikey yeah, looking over. To, to yeah, we got to check every church in Delco. <laughs> well, I just want to say he doesn't look a thing like Jesus, but he talks like a gentleman. It is a killer reference. <laughs> Mikey, the mother of the children, was she single? I, I don't think so. Because if the world happened to go the way that I thought the world would go, I feel like you would have ended up dating her. No, definitely not. I think that's how we can confirm for sure that she was not single because <laughs> yeah, right. she, she didn't put, a, put the moves on Christ that day. She didn't want to get saved. <laughs> <laughs> now that you mentioned this, like, the scepter for weed Jesus, I just imagine Mikey as weed Jesus holding a bong as his scepter. That's where the holy water comes from. It's, it's just bong water. If anyone can paint, please. Yeah, give us weed Jesus, please. But anyway, uh... Should we listen to let's the listen song? To the real song. Quick? Yeah. Let's oh, do it. yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> All right. Today we're listening to a song called "Plane Crash." Pete Helmus is probably drew my favorite artwork. I mean, I just love it. I just fucking love this drunk plane. <laughs> this is one of the few song a week pieces of art that became merchandise for the band. We made plane crash T-shirts for our first first tour, second tour. One of them. I love how the all the art is super different all these yeah even when it's done by the same artist with greg you can always see the flavor of greg in it but he did a lot of different styles and that was really cool of him all right so yeah we're gonna listen to plane crash uh, i'm hoping you got into a plane crash because you're better off than me at least if you're dead you get out of my head i'll still be sad and lonely today was just fine i thought that you would be mine and you will Yeah. 
is an insanely dark song. (laughs) 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 It's just like reading the lyrics. I was like, oh, man. Yeah, you know, after you guys said that last time we recorded this episode, I paid more attention to the lyrics, and I was like, wow, that is a really dark song. (laughs) (laughs) But moreover... How did you guys deal with me and my absurdly bright guitar tone? Because I feel like that was just, what Don't was I doing? Don't you remember how every time we would ever, you ever played guitar, everybody would just stick their fingers in their ears? Because mm-hmm. you always had the, just had the treble all the way up on your twin with the bright switch on, on the fucking bridge pickup. Just of a jazz reverb, master. Reverb cranked, which makes it even spikier. And it was just like, ow. <laughs> yeah, ice pick man. The ice oh, pick frequencies. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, we did not say anything. <laughs> <laughs> you just no, did, it's true. You're just being stubborn. <laughs> you know, I'm famously quite stubborn, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> but you had a lot of things and like you were doing what you were doing. So it's hard to be like, throw away all these pedals and get a different thing and different sound and a different guitar. I feel like a lot of, a lot of it was, there was so much to compete with in that band that I was like, Oh, I'll just take the fucking extraneous high end, I guess. And the ponies and like all of my pedals and shit were tuned to that. But like listening to it on this song, I'm like, okay, so this guitar is like one K and up and there's nothing below one K there. And yet like, (laughs) I just remember mixing those and like struggling not to make it sound muddy. And what what is that? Why don't you tell the, the listeners at home and wherever uh, they are what it is to not make it sound muddy? What have you learned? What have I learned since then? It's just a amalgamation of a lot of little things, but you're just learning how to control the the amount of low end in your mix and just bringing out the detail without making it harsh. It's easier said than done. I definitely didn't know how to do it then, but I didn't mix that. This one sounds good. We're like a little more along our way by this time. Yeah, and the advantage of this song too is that this is just two guitars and it's only the live tracks and then the vocals overdubbed on it. Like even if you hear Mm -hmm. like that that solo that I recorded on this, it's definitely recorded live because it's it's only on the right side. And then additionally, it sounds like I have a really good idea for a guitar solo for the first half. And then the second half is just incessant noodling Mm -hmm. and fart sounds (laughs) and and guitar center (laughs) fart riffs. Just very simple mix, way easier to kind of find space for everything. Speaking of which, it makes it really easy to hear those gang vocals too. And it's such like... That's like the classic song a week's cast there of all the people that we have do gang vocals for most of our songs. Is that who, is that everybody that got a thank you? Oh yeah, big gang vocal. Wow, it's all those people. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. The Mike Bell gang vocal choir. (laughs) And you can hear Francis Quinlan of Hop Along very clearly doing the harmony vocal and the gang vocal while everybody else is just singing the main thing on the left side too. Francis has to be different. A little extra twist. I didn't realize Jeremy was on that too, though. Jeremy's like a secret The Weeks member at this point. I know, right? I feel like every single time we'd ever need to record gang vocals on literally anything, you're at the warehouse, so it's like, hey, who's home right now? Who can come do some vocals on a song? You just have to yell like, I'm going to die, maybe tonight. It's going to be sick. And it's just like, you know, Hopalong was probably practicing or working on their record. Jeremy lived there. Mike Bella was dating Kat Bean at that time. She was playing in Amanda X. Like, everyone was always there all the time. Somebody was always there. <laughs> there was always at least like three or four people who didn't live there that were there at almost any time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's why, you know, when Kyle, I'm sure when you would walk out of the studio and be like, uh, I just got to grab a couple people to do some gang vocals on this record. It just like has some randos from like New York or some shit on records randomly because you 
they're there. Yeah, there's always always random people smoking cigs on the couch in the garage. Notably absent from that gang vocal, though, even though he played drums on this recording, is future guest Greg LeBold. Because whenever he was singing in a gang vocal, for one, like his highest possible register was like low baritone range anyway. Like whenever he's in a gang, you hear his voice like almost up front. He's like lead gang vocal. <laughs> lead baritone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. I just remember with him, we had to... If you're doing one omni microphone for the room, you would place people based on how loud they sing. And like, you're like, Greg, get in a different room. Dude, <laughs> we had yeah. done that before. We, we had put him in the garage while doing gang vocals in the, in the actual live room before. <laughs> but actually, speaking of how simple the arrangement of Plane Crash was, it's, it's almost uh, an impossibility for us to have an actual simple arrangement most of the time. Dangerous Ponies, seven member band, three guitars. Super Weeks, only a five member band, still three guitars. Like, three guitars is, like, very much part of our DNA from, like, top to bottom. You guys can't have any less than three guitars. It's just... I just... I, I write harmonized guitar solos, and we need that, like, heavy guitar behind it. It's just, you know, you got to have those extra fingers on stage. Totally. That's part of the reason that I was, like, when, Kyle, when you joined the Dangerous Ponies, I was very excited that we could finally do the arrangements that we wrote for the EP, because we harmonized so many guitar leads on that EP. That was a dream come true for me. Because I was like, I'm not much of a normal music person in general, but getting to recreate the greatest of what I would consider to be pop metal, the Iron Maiden flavor of like having three harmonized guitars playing together, dream come true. And, you know, obviously a dream I just can't put down. To, to this day, it's still happening. Guitar minis. Give the people what they want. One of my favorite things to look back on is when we had people play the horn arrangements live from the... Dangerous Ponies EP. Was that called When You're in Town? Is that the name of that, that record? Or no, no, it was yes. called Dr. Pony Medicine Pony. That classic Evan Bernard goof. I thought that had to do with you. Well, that whole thing came from the night that we were trying to name the band. Because initially, Chrissy wanted to call it Famous People, which is like the worst band name, especially now in the era of like having to Google things. That is a completely ungoogleable band name oh my god we were gonna put it to a vote where like everybody was gonna bring in like whatever band names that they thought of and most of us showed up with nothing but on the way to band practice that night my hair is pretty long again but at that time my hair was more than waist length i think and i would wear it in a ponytail most of the time and as i was getting into evan's like tiny compact car sedan i almost closed my hair in the car door and i remarked to him man it's dangerous to have a ponytail like getting into this car and then evan in his dulcet tones responded did you say dangerous ponytail <laughs> but then later that night when we were pitching band names back and forth and chrissy was like steadfast on famous people evan was like what about dangerous ponytail and she's like no that's terrible and then he's like what about dangerous ponies and she's like nah, maybe and, <laughs> and so we put yeah. it to a vote and we actually had to get her roommates to be a tiebreaker vote and they were the ones who picked <laughs> dangerous ponies instead because they thought it was a better that, name yeah that's hilarious Thin Lips, Chrissy drew like a picture of two mouths. I forget why, but I was like, what if we called the band? And this was after six months of trying to name this band. It was just like, why do we still not have a name? And I was like, what about Twin Lips? And uh, <laughs> and, uh, and and Chrissy was like, no, that's all right. What about Thin Lips? And I was like, I think Twin Lips is better. And then a week later, I was like, yeah, I guess Thin Lips is better. And somehow... There's not another band called Thin Lips. I don't know how. I mean, you'll type in something that's like totally ridiculous and there'll be like three band camps that come up. Oh, yeah, for that same reason, 
of like, you know, everybody coming up with the same, you know, few ideas for band names out there. I reserved wokedad.bandcamp.com years ago <laughs> just in case I needed it. <laughs> No way. I have a, I have a yeah. friend who every every time she comes up with band names, she uh, makes a band camp, which I think is pretty pretty hilarious. It's kind of like the dot com boom when you would like someone would buy like business dot com and like resell the URL. It's like she has all these band camp URLs, band camp band names to sell. So eventually, <laughs> she's gonna sell like pickle farts dot band camp for like a million dollars to some band who Perhaps, needs it so when bad. People are yeah, when people are out of band names, you know. I mean, honestly. I don't think she tells anybody she has them. I think she's just hoarding them. She's waiting for the email. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Woke Sick. dad. Oh, yeah. I imagine it as being like kind of like a fun electro pop project. Mm-hmm. I'll let it manifest it still. I mean, Woke Dad is yeah. such a strong band. I'll, I'll just say to myself, Woke Dad, one morning and I'll see what comes out of me musically. I mean, if it doesn't over quarantine, I don't think it ever will. <laughs> That's true. You've had ample time to let it manifest. Instead, you made pies instead of Woke Dad, which is maybe a better idea. Maybe that's the Woke Dad sound. Maybe I should just yeah. put, a, put a mic on a pie when it's in the oven and just put a beat behind it. As somebody that just ate a slice of pie about a half hour ago, you could also just record me eating a slice of pie. Did you make a pie, Chris? And Evan, did you eat said pie? Yes. Oh yeah, I just like whipped together an apple pie last night because I, you know. Oh I, no, big deal. Yeah, you know that's, that that's, whole thing just that's died. The, just that's the easy make one. Make it in my sleep. Yeah, it, I still it's quite dialed in the flavor of the apple pie. Yeah, that's my favorite one. It's just yeah. Oh, especially like. If you cut, like, usually it's recommended to do, like, a quarter-inch slice of the apple slices in order to get them to bake properly. But if you cut it down to, like, just around an eighth of an inch, like, real thin, it mm-hmm. creates, like, this perfect sort of gelatinous quality in between some of the mm. slices. And it's so, it's such a satisfying bite. This is not the pie cast, though. Right. <laughs> that's <laughs> a that's cast. a future project for me. Right. <laughs> pie cast. Pie cast. That's got to be taken. Enough about pies. Time to talk about engineering. I'd like to introduce everyone to Michael Paul, Jonathan Davis, Tajin, a new house engineer for uh, the headroom and Big Mama's <laughs> recording. <laughs> yep, that's me. We got him a microphone and he has a laptop. And if you look at your phone now, <laughs> you'll see all these items pop up on your screen. Yeah. You'll see him crushing an SM57 with his bicep. Because you're subscribed, uh, faithful listeners, we will also just force a download onto your phone of said images. Uh, yeah, we're not you two. We're not going to pull that kind of nonsense. <laughs> Hell yeah, we are. Oh, my God. Everybody was so mad about that when that happened, and I was like, oh, that's pretty crazy. And then, like, a few years later, I realized that I also had you two on my phone. I was like, what the fuck? Every <laughs> Apple phone... <laughs> user it was forced onto their phone without their consent it's a nightmare we thought that was a good idea uh, i think it's a great idea all right evan <laughs> do that with my music all right evan do you like you too some i knew yeah. did you like Have that you record no okay <laughs> i'm gonna let you work the math out on this one i just think the idea behind it is like sick because they had the power to do that but also it's horrifying <laughs> Because they had True. the power to do that. So this is yeah. where Evan's like Machiavellian streak comes out now. Right. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but you're like an evil ruler waiting to, waiting to be. You're uh... waiting to make everybody listen to your demo. Kyle, why did you become an engineer? <laughs> you know, I I wanted to do something in music, and nothing seemed all that. I thought that I would really hate 
being in the studio for 10 or 12 hours a day and rec- and I knew that if you are an engineer like you have to record a lot of stuff that you don't like you know or isn't good so at first I was like ah I don't know if I want to do that and I tried a bunch of different things like but I just kept kind of winding up in the school studio just like working on my band's demos and stuff and once I realized that yes you can be an engineer but a lot of producers are engineers. I was like, oh, a producer. That sounds cool more than like an engineer. But yeah, it was a little bit of a process of elimination. Like I tried a few different things. And I was like, oh, I'm terrible at this or this is this is boring or whatever it is, you know? So you chose instead so, of being an engineer where you'd have to record something you didn't like for 10 or more hours, you became, became a, producer. a producer where you also had to get in <laughs> deeply invested in the arrangement and framework of the songs that you don't like for, for 10 or more exactly. hours. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, at some point I was like, ah, oh, being in the studio is cool. That's, you know, even record, even a bad day in the studio is a good day compared to other things. So, yeah, I mean, you yeah. could have much worse jobs. Definitely. And honestly, watching you grow like your studio from dangerous ponies days until like, you know, late into the thin lips days, you've come so far Thanks, and Frankie. I just, you've, I feel like you've always done a good job at, at keeping it together. I could just, I can see you twirling your hair nervously, but you know, and as the years go on, you know, then you have interns that you're twirling your hair over because <laughs> yeah. we're in California and you know someone I don't I I don't even know how to say what I want to say next. Well, Mikey brings up something interesting here. Kyle has this sort of nervous tick where he places like his index finger or whatever finger on against his head and this like twirls like he's winding up a, like a helicopter or something manually of his hair where he keeps spinning it it's around true. as he walks around. And you've reached this level of success now where you might have a little bit more peace of mind. So do you have an intern who twirls your hair for you now? <laughs> I think that's illegal or something. I mean, no, I mean, I I mean you, you can't pay for that, but <laughs> right, right, yeah. I'm really, I'm really trying to not twirl. Wow, <laughs> trying, trying to, trying not to twirl. It feels so good. It's so soft. It's just like, oh man, love the feel of this hair. You could do like you're just talking about it. <laughs> your own like manual sort of like electrolysis over the years, where you like slowly wear the hair away and to have like a permanent mohawk and just be like the truly most like manual punk alive where you've like earned that. <laughs> That's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> just spitball here. It's a brainstorming session. Yeah. <laughs> is that what this is? <laughs> Kyle, you were on another podcast that I listen to pretty religiously that your wife makes. Oh, yes. You had your identity stolen. But not in the typical way. <sighs> yeah, not... That was such a fucking weird... Yeah, that was super weird. Um, Somebody, a... Friend it was me! A, <laughs> a uh, co-worker of my wife's friend was on a dating app and swears that she saw me on said dating app and then thought that like, oh, well, maybe they broke up or something. And then it was this whole thing where we thought maybe someone was posing as me, like impersonating me on their dating profile, which would be really weird. There's a brief time where my wife thought that maybe it really was me. (laughs) So did you ever find the person who did it? We did not. Yoe trained the hinge algorithm to only send her redheads named Kyle. And, and we couldn't, we couldn't find it. So the thing is that Hinge will, I think they'll automatically delete 
profiles if they become inactive. It could have just been inactive and been deleted or... So no, we never found it. Never figured it out. Never solved the mystery. To their credit, they picked a very good candidate. You know, Yosemite Sam beard, pointy wingtip leather shoes, air guitaring probably in whatever photo they can find of you online. It was. Well, actually, it... It was a picture of me air guitaring a big can of PBR. Okay, of course. See. <laughs> <laughs> On brand. Yeah, I mean, this friend was like describing the picture and she, and she was like, he was like holding a beer in like a weird way. And, <laughs> and you always like, oh, that's, that sounds like him. She was like, yeah, that's definitely him. That's definitely him. Only, always more, holding beer is a weird way. No, but she like knew the picture. She she said it was like one of her favorite pictures. I think that's me. more, so. like, the better way to identify you than if like they had just put your driver's license as their image. <laughs> right. <laughs> I would agree. Uh, what did that feel like, though? Like, what was it like uh, going it was, through that? Well, I mean, you can hear it on the, I also had a couple beers for that podcast, too. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> But uh, Yoe is like, you know, how do you feel? And I was like, I don't know. I don't, fucking, I don't care. As long as you believe me, I don't, I don't care. You know, so I, I didn't, it's not me. Like, as long as we're good, I'm good. And she's like, yeah, but like, you know, if someone's impersonating you, it could affect your business. And I was just, I was like, oh, fuck, you're right. Oh my God. Like, if it was somebody just like impersonating me, like, I don't give a fuck. But, well, I mean, I guess I do give a fuck because- you know, that that's bad. But I just imagine like somebody pretending to be me and then just like being a super creep on uh, dating mm. apps. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, that would be oh, so horrible if someone just like character assassinated me with, you know, I don't know, being a being an online creeper and saying it was me. Well, look at it this way. What do they say? Imitation is a form of flattery, right? Sincere, the sincerest form of the flattery. The sincerest so. form of flattery. There you go. Yeah. So, you know, somebody thought you were hot stuff. They wanted to live in those pointy shoes of yours for a day. <laughs> they, they wanted to walk a mile in my uncomfortable shoes. Yeah. <laughs> do you yeah, still exactly. wear those shoes? I mean, which shoes? Every day I have of his so life. many shoes. Evan, his feet are shaped ones. that way now. He can't wear any <laughs> <Yeah>. other shoes. <laughs> It's a medical condition. He's got he's got flipper feet. We went hiking <laughs> the other, you know, a few months back, and he wore. Did you? You wore them, right? I wore something. No, yeah, I think we went fishing. <laughs> Didn't you come to fishing? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he wore them fishing on a dock or in <laughs> yeah. a boat or like on a bank. The Wissahickon like Creek. A, yeah. Oh, so like on like a muddy hill like that leads into the body of water that you're throwing your weight towards Correct. with no traction yep. on your shoes whatsoever. Like begging yeah. begging for a standing slalom into the uh the cold waters laying below. It was a it was that's a that's overdoing a little bit. It was a it was a <laughs> rocky rocky uh, bank, you know. <laughs> it was it wasn't too bad. Well, to be fair, I mean, we talked about this before, but like just how adept you are at wearing those shoes. There was that dangerous pony show that we played that was, I think it was like a mini festival somewhere on tour that was on a half pipe. And they rented skateboards to us after we played our set. And you skated in your wingtip shoes. You're dropping in, doing axle stalls, like the whole nine yards of like old man skateboarding. I definitely dropped in. I, I'm terrible at axle stalls. I probably would not have attempted that because that's, that's how I stopped skateboarding was because I, I tried to do an axle stall and I fell super hard. And oh. every time I, I would... Every time I would like roll over in bed, I'd be like, oh, <laughs> and, my, and my wife would be like, are you okay? And be like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm fine. Was this recent? I, 
Yeah, like a few years ago. I was, yeah, I briefly was skating with Kyle then when he, yeah, when he was doing that. I think that might have been at Pops Park in Fishtown. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah, that's Pops where Park. you fell. Mm-hmm. I broke my rib yeah. there one day uh, in, around uh. that same era. Yeah. I was just grinding up some angle iron. They have like a weird pyramid thing as angle iron on the edge of it. And halfway up, the angle iron just stopped and it was a chipped piece of concrete. And I got caught and I flew off the side and I just, you know, fell and broke my rib. That's what happens to us old guys when we try to be yeah. young guys. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, you two are probably the most accident-prone people I know. Probably mm. more so Kyle, though. Yes. Ah, no way. I've been hospitalized for worse things, but you, you are- You've been hospitalized like, more- I have never been hospitalized. Oh, Kyle really? doesn't cause physical harm. He causes, like, harm to material objects. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> or his body. Yeah. Are you kidding? No, you broke no your body, head. but it's not... He's. I feel like he's more... I guess you're right. Yeah, he broke his the ankle doing a cartwheel. In the warehouse. I, yeah, come I on. I broke my ankle, but Chris, you broke your jaw. Yes, but I was... I was, <laughs> I was riding my bike to work, and there was a freak uh-huh. accident where I slipped. You chose to do a cartwheel directly towards a countertop. That was you volunteered for your injury. I didn't I didn't choose to do it <laughs> into a countertop. The countertop jumped out of me. <laughs> As countertops tend to do. They're right? tricky. You got to watch them. The warehouse was a big open area and the the kitchen was really big. So I I did a a cartwheel in the kitchen and I just misjudged my angle or the distance and my my ankle clipped the side of the sink and I fractured it. <laughs> and I I went on two weekend tours with a broken ankle. I went to my sister's graduation party with a broken ankle. I just remembered last week that I had recorded this band who was from New York and the guitar player in the band worked for Damon Dash. Do you guys know who Damon Dash is? Yeah. Oh, that's uh, Mrs. Mm-hmm. Dash's son. The Spice Lady? <laughs> <laughs> Damon Dash founded Rockefeller Records and he was like Jay-Z's manager at some point or he like he and Jay-Z came up so he's like a music industry bigwig so this guy worked for Damon Dash and I broke my ankle and then that weekend my girlfriend at the time was graduating from college in New York City so I went up there and I told him like, oh, I'm going to be in town. Like I'll drop the files off because, you know, I had to do it with a hard drive instead of some sort of hosting service or whatever, or like Dropbox. It wasn't Dropbox or whatever. So I was going to meet up with him. And it was like an excuse to go and, and, ch- and, and you know, check out his office, like where he worked because he worked for Damon Dash. And I thought that was cool. And I was just, you know, trying to like say, hey, and schmooze or whatever. So I had to crutch from like Brooklyn all the way to Manhattan and like, I didn't know where I was going. I was like crutching up and down like the subway platforms and I would like crutch one way. And like, you're trying to find your way through New York oh my <laughs> God. on crutches. And then I finally, I was like so sweaty. I finally found this guy and like made it there in my crutches. And then he's like, what happened? And I was like, oh, this, I told him, you know, cartwheel, you know. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay, well, come on in. So we're like walking around the office and he's shown me. And he would actually like throw shows in the basement of this office building. He was showing me that. And then I met Damon Dash, and then he was like, <laughs> didn't even say hi. He was like, where'd you do your ankle? <laughs> <laughs> and then I told him, and then he made fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. And then we went on, on two weekend tours. We And we were saying last time, there's that like Facebook time hop or like whatever. like It's like the memory thing that pops up. 
there's always sometime in like March or April, this, this photo will pop up in, in my Facebook like feed or whatever. That's just me with a swollen ankle in my boxers in a Creek in Tennessee, just drinking whiskey out of like <laughs> straight out of a plastic bottle. I had a Palooza, a very good memory. Do you guys remember how they had a projector and they would project? Oh, like on the trees. Huge, like on the side of a mountain. Yes. That's so what it was. Yeah, epic. Yeah. It rocked. Yeah. So epic. That place was really sick. It felt like an eternity that you drove to get there and like all of a sudden you stumbled upon this farm, but like there was nothing around it. Yeah. Except for wilderness. It was but, very sick. Do, was do you remember cool. that bridge that we crossed to get there? No. It was like a crater. It looked like Hawaii. Do y'all remember that? And then we saw a vulture no, on the way out of there. You guys don't remember that? Uh, it was the craziest. <laughs> yeah, we didn't all take view. that peyote you took, apparently. <laughs> Dude, that was like the craziest view we'd ever driven by. Because it was like just a hole. And it was humongous. And it was such a big bridge. But and it was just like such blue water in the middle of fucking nowhere. Oh, man. No, I don't remember that. That sounds awesome, though. I feel like touring the country, you see so much of that. Like, I don't know. I remember the time we fucking, we were on tour and we stayed with like SG's cousin or whatever in Colorado. And he gave us like literally 48 weed muffins. And then Mikey ate like fucking 8 million of them. And we drove out <laughs> of like a snowstorm and it was like 30 degrees oh, in a mountain. Yeah, and then yeah. we got to the middle of yeah. fucking Utah and it was like 80 degrees there was like a cow in the middle of the road. We couldn't oh, we, pass this fucking cow. Yeah, we on got this lost on the way road. to Arches National Park, and we went some yeah, weird yeah. back way to get to it. Yeah, and there was just like a herd of cows blocking the road. Yeah, that was America's vast. Like that's that's yeah. one of the surreal man. And it's amazing that we've just like littered it with mini malls that all look identical across the country. Like doing our best to like just destroy the diverse natural beauty of this huge landmass that we live on but there are those like yeah little bits of preserved history that like our arches national park or whatever mikey's massive crater is that he saw <laughs> i believe it's it so was beautiful real. i believe it um, i saw i've seen a lot of beautiful shit oh that's a good mikeyism <laughs> i think just for the sake of the listener i don't remember do you guys remember where we were that was a dangerous ponies tour and we were looking for a lake no we were looking for um just a hike beautiful shit <laughs> Uh, no, what's the, it's, uh, in Ohio. Dave Chappelle lives there. God damn it. What's oh, Yellow, Yellow Springs. Yellow Springs. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And there's like a gorge by Yellow Springs. So we're trying to find that. And then we were asking for directions. Yeah. We got Mikey lost like, like when we were trying to find our way. Yeah. We were, Mikey <laughs> flags like, down Do you know car. where's the, uh, yeah. Do you know where the, uh, there's like a place to hike, like a good, you know, we're looking for like some, like a beautiful view, like some beautiful shit. I think the exact <laughs> phrase he asked was like. Hey, uh, if we keep driving this way, are we going to see some beautiful fucking views and shit? <laughs> and the, the driver of the car was just like, uh, yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, all right, thank you. <laughs> he kept driving. And I really, we all like took a beat, and then Christy was just like, Mikey! <laughs> he's like, What? <laughs> I was just asking for directions. <laughs> just, just asking for directions, Delco style. Yeah, right, yeah. I mean, it. Mikey was the best at talking. And like, somehow Mikey was also always the person to talk to people on tour. Like, almost no matter what. Like, if mm -hmm. 
if Mikey would just get into like, we have to get some shit done mode. I got to go ask about finding some beautiful shit. I got to go figure this out right now. I got to go get some weed. <laughs> well, yeah, Mike has something he has to do. <laughs> has to get some things done. Yeah. Find coffee, find weed. There's like a natural like serenity that Mikey has. Some of that might be the weed, but also I think it comes from Mikey's personality where there's like a very calm, unfiltered element to how you communicate with people. And sure, sometimes it has its rough edges here and there, but whenever people hear you speak to them, they know they're getting exactly what you're thinking. And there's like a very genuine honesty to that. And people respond to that. It's a, it's a nice Luckily, thing. y'all have been filing me down for, you know, <laughs> more than the last 10 years. So yes. you guys have all helped me become who I am. There's no fucking Filing doubt. me down. My yeah. sister, for yeah. damn sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll say the edges were a little bit rougher when you started. That's yeah. fair. Maybe, yeah, definitely. Maybe yeah. even like, a, like razor edges that you had that like were very yep. dangerous to those around <laughs> yeah, it was you. bad. It was horrible. <laughs> but you've become doled in a very productive way over time. Yeah. Yeah. Downright smooth. Downright yeah. smooth. <laughs> just, just like the ocean under the moon. <laughs> yeah. Thank y'all. Uh, I just remember... The very first full U.S. tour we did, Mikey left with like $1,100 and an ounce of weed. And by the time we were in the West Coast, Mikey had no weed and no money. (laughs) (laughs) Man could not ration. (laughs) At all, yeah. Dude, I just remember that, like the early tours, dude, it was just like, you blow my mind the sheer amount of weed that you could smoke, Mikey. It was And my money, I would just like spend it like, like, all right, I got... You know, $26. Well, on the first drive, I would spend like $14 on snacks. It just didn't matter. Yeah. I would just, every gas station, I would walk in and want to eat something and get something, and I would. And I would spend money <laughs> at every single place. I think that's a, a common side effect of uh, of marijuana. <laughs> Some might call that the money. Some associated, yeah. Yeah. I like to think that you were taking in the local wares. (laughs) (laughs) The local flavor. Like, oh, what did Doritos like? What flavor of Pop Tarts do you have? Oh, what do the Entenmann's taste like in California? I think this brown sugar is different from the brown sugar we have back home. (laughs) (laughs) Looks like the same wrapper, but I I, got to try it. (laughs) Right. Can't be too sure. It's for science. He's yeah. Uh, yeah. His doctoral thesis on Doritos is coming out this year. Right, right. Or <laughs> fuck rollers. Oh man, lots of rollers and hot dogs. Oh, I never sausage a place. Oh yeah. That was a good stop. The best place. Oh man. What was the name of that place? That was in was that in North Carolina or where, uh, where was that? That's in Georgia. Georgia. So so the, that was on the Florida Georgia line. Oh, that's what it was. Yes. But it is called I Never Sausage a Place. What a great name for a place. They were good the first time, and they were never good after that. In the last two times, they were like diarrheacity.net. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't have even couldn't get the dot com. The dot com. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Diarrheacity.gov re- redirects you to the <laughs> CDC website. <laughs> But I loved watching you guys go on food quests like that. I remember when you were all so excited. Oh, yeah. We were in, what was it, Wisconsin, where you got the cheese curds? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because so you just had, like, a sack of them. They just gave them to you in a bag, and you were all just, like, dipping your hands into this, like, wet cheese stuff and uh, just having a great time. I got to say, my favorite of all ever was the anti-vegan. Do you remember that sandwich, Evan? Uh, was that the one 
from the place Dark Strange Matter in Richmond. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. And it was what was it like the bacon it, and the mayonnaise in between the grilled cheeses? Yeah. Tell me about this. Oh, thing this rings I, a bell. I can't remember exactly. I I feel like you remember more than uh, I do. Instead of a bun, it was a grilled cheese on the top and bottom. I do remember that. Yeah, I feel two like it was like a bacon cheeseburger with and like, like yeah, two- with like an egg on it. There's probably mac and cheese in there somewhere. But it was just like everything. <laughs> it was the anti-vegan. And honestly, I re- recall having no money at the time. And Evan, I think you paid for mine. You or Chrissy had paid for my, because I, I had to have the sandwich. But you just I lovingly mean, were like, yo, I got you because you knew I didn't have any money. Right. You had already blown your money on Pop-Tarts. <laughs> and on the, the second way. time going, I remember I was just like, do you have the sandwich? And I think I remember getting some, like getting it potentially. I don't think it was called the anti-vegan, but if even if it was, it just wasn't as good. Well, the thing is with Strange Matter, I remember them being like a vegan restaurant mostly. So maybe that was like the one. I don't remember this place at all. We played there as the resident vegan. You think I would remember some of the vegan food? It had like the big fly hanging over the bar and shit. I, oh, oh, I, okay. When you said big fly, that made me think of the the bug jar. Do you remember that venue where they they nailed, that was cool. Yeah, they nailed like a full set of kitchen like furniture to the ceiling in in the uh, the showroom, and then the bar had like a giant fly and some other stuff like behind the bar. I always like the, the I weird, do remember that place, the kitschy but. vibe of that place. It felt like something that would Rochester. be in like a like an Elvira movie or like Pee Wee's Big Adventure or something as like an oddity that he stops at. I hope uh, venues are still around. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of flies, they're dropping like them. Yes, they certainly are. I was really sad to hear that boot and saddle uh, bit the dust. I know! Though. Yeah, what my former, former place of employment and a great place to play. Yeah. I think that was the best sounding small room in Philadelphia. No shade on Johnny Brenda's, but that, that room sounded fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it really did. Saw some great shows there. R.I.P. What do you guys think shows are going to be like in the future? I think we have a whole, a whole have another year to think about that, probably, but... Yeah, it's gonna be a tentative thing. I mean, any any large gathering is gonna feel weird. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of people who have still been going to large gatherings who will barrel into it, like the Smash Mouth concert that happened during the pandemic that was attended by thousands. And then talk about a thing that didn't need to happen. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it was like absolutely not essential. Well, I think not that, essential workers are. They knew the when to strike. Of Smash Mouth. Well, they knew they had like the market cornered because yeah, nobody else is like. All of our fans will come to this one show. Like the ten thousand people that we can gather from the how, how many like how many people live in the United States? Like three hundred thirty. Our percentage of a percentage point of people will all come. It, this is this is the uh, the all star mecca. <laughs> right now's our time. Yeah, all those Shrek fans who are just jonesing to hear the soundtrack live. <laughs> They're ruining it for everyone. Smash Mouth, you're ruining it for everyone. <laughs> Seriously though, why did they have to do that? I mean, I think the Chainsmokers got in hot water for that too, right? They, but yeah. theirs got canceled, I, I believe. No, they they did a show. Oh, they did it. They did a show in like Long Island, New York, or something, and then they were like, "Oh, everybody's going to social distance," and nobody. Yeah, of course nobody they're not. Did. Yeah, because they they all had like four beers, and they're like, "Woo!" <laughs> I'm going to dance up by the stage with everybody. Do you guys ever feel self-conscious like after this is all over, you're going to feel too old to go to shows? Uh, No. I mean, I definitely feel too old to go. I finally hit a point where I I was going to house shows until like three or four years ago. But I think I officially feel too old to go to house shows. 
I have only been going to house shows that I was playing uh, in the last few years, but I was also in a band with guys who were, one of them was actually 11 years younger than me, which is a fair inversion of my experience for most of my life. Cause I like, I was working as a sideman in bands for a while and I was playing bass for bands. Like, you know, I was getting hired for people who were 11 years older than I was at the time. And right. So it, it doesn't feel like that weird, like looking at it through that lens. No, I mean, you know, if there was like a really dope show and it was happening at a house, I would still go. But in general, it's just a, it's a weird feeling to when young kids are like doing their thing and like making bad decisions and doing what kids do. And then you're like around, you're like, I feel like I'm the adult here. Like I'm responsible. Like I should... Well, if the cops show up, you are responsible. <laughs> yeah, they're like, why'd you let these kids? I'm like, yeah. I don't, I was, I'm just here for the show, man. <laughs> hey, I paid five bucks to be here, man. I'm on, I'm on babysitting yeah, yeah. tonight. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't, <laughs> yeah. Well, what about Ruben Frank, the yeah. uh, sportscaster for Comcast Sportsnet? Yeah, He'll, he, I've seen him at house shows and he's- Have you? Yeah, yeah, he, please, he saw us at a basement show in New Jersey. I forget exactly where we played. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and so, I mean, in the end, like, you're never- too old to, to like love Never punk too music. Old rock. Yeah. I mean, Keith Verbill has been coming to our shows for fucking ever. I never once viewed him as old, you know? Yeah, well, what, what, is... we're, we're closer to his age than we are to most of the people who are playing house shows, though. Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, his daughter, Sophia, you know, plays shows in the... Harmony Woods. Shout out to Harmony Woods. And I feel like that's probably part of the reason that Keith goes to shows is to support Harmony Woods and his daughter but he was going before she had formed her band too oh yeah we would see the two I of mean, them I, I mean that's how they wound up in uh our music video for runaway as the uh the lead actors of that oh that's right yeah, yeah, yeah. but i have you know i've never once looked at him and been like you're old man what are you doing at this show i've always just like hell yeah this dude fucking rocks i'm gonna go hang out with him you know, we get to hang out and talk to him about all the times that he saw tool live in concert so it's like a dream <laughs> for us We'll have him on the podcast one day. I asked him to play bass on one of the songs that we have to finish up for the oh, podcast. Oh, yeah? So, yeah. That's awesome. He, he's a bass player, man. He's He, he rips. Hell, yeah. Is he going to do some, like, schism-style bass lines on it? God, I hope not. He's like, I will play on the song, but it has to be in 1516s. <laughs> if nah. I play it enough, it'll eventually, you know. If I take DMT now. It needs to be in 420s. There we go. Yeah. Mikey, you remember the time that I crashed that Penske truck into a bridge and then we listened to that new Tool album on the way home from New York and it took the entire drive to finish the fucking album? For the listener, we are all like silently laughing through our grimaces as Evan is recounting this. I was just talking to Sarah about this last night. I brought this up. So I do. I remember that very well. Yeah, Evan, walk us through it. It was also the last time either of us worked for anthropology. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> well, I wasn't working say. there for a while, and I was like, it was like known that I wasn't working there because you kept smoking weed everywhere. Yeah, right. And I kept Evan, trying to bring him back, and then Evan is just like, they're like, yeah, we need a guy, and Evan's like, I can get a guy. And then he got me, and then <laughs> the people like saw me there too, and they I could just see on their faces they were just like, huh? Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, this guy is back. Yeah, right? And then Evan crashes the fucking truck. Well, before, yeah, Evan, walk us through what happened with this Penske truck. I wish Wilson was here because Wilson was in the truck with me and also videotaped it. Yeah, right. He did take a video of it, yeah. I remember seeing the video. The cop telling you to gun it. Yeah, the cop fucking was hanging on the corner of the truck and was like, 
stopped traffic on the JFK Parkway in New York City and told me to go as fast as I could and rip the top off the Penske truck. And uh, I did, and it was sick. (laughs) (laughs) But it was also horrifying, and then I got into another accident later, and Mikey and Wilson were just fucking helping me through it, and I feel so bad. I made Mikey drive around so much. Sorry about that. Uh, I'm glad we can look back and laugh. I just remember the video. It was just like the back of your head, and you're talking to the cop, and you're like, so what you're telling me is you want me to drive as fast as I can under the bridge and rip the rest of the top of the truck off. And the cop's like, yes. And you're like, that's what you want me to do? Okay. <laughs> Man, this is a crazy day if there ever was one or something like that. It's <laughs> just like, dude, it was. I felt it so was bad. Really, for you. The noise oh was amazing, god. too. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. It's horrible. <laughs> then, like, a few days later, I see him at a Sunoco, the van with the hood up. And you, all you motherfuckers, surprised me for my bachelor party. Oh, I was thinking, yeah. I was thinking, damn, Evan has the worst luck with Got cars. Him. Like this can't be fucking real. <laughs> yeah, the fucking awesome. God, we got awesome. your ass Death good, dude. Speaking of seeing people uh, casting a, a fishing line with all of their might, that weekend that we spent on a lake for Mikey's bachelor party, he could cast a line like nobody else I've ever seen. Like he would like <laughs> just like with a flick of his wrist, the line like he would run out of line on the wheel. And that it would drop like on the horizon, like on the very edge of the lake. No fish, but he was just like basically mapping out the entire length of the lake every time he cast the line. <laughs> That's a great weekend. That actually makes me think of one of my favorite Dangerous Ponies memories. Very simple, small one, but we were at a lake, a man-made lake somewhere, and we were all trying to skip stones. And Mikey was kind of doing one of his weed boy walkabouts behind us. I think we were in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that sounds right. Pittsburgh. And like most of us were getting like maybe two or three skips and we like we were really happy with it. And then all of a sudden this chunk of like masonry comes flying out from behind us and like launches across the surface of the water. Does like 10 skips. Yeah. No, it like completely disrupted the like like the way that lake would operate from like there forward. And then it just like plummeted into the lake and we like turn around and Mikey's like picking up another brick out of the earth, like where we couldn't even yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I remember that. Each skip was like so long. It was like skip, skip, skip. <laughs> God, I wish so badly that Kyle, for your bachelor party, when everyone sat around and told stories, I was there and I got to hear all the epic Kyle style. Were you, were you not there? Did you have to leave early? I, I had to leave early. I had band oh. practice that night and I was called like three hours before your bachelor party and they were like, hey, we're having a bachelor party for Kyle at Clark Park. You should come. And I'm like, uh, Chris, I, do you want to go to this? Yeah. And we like literally got on our bikes and just like I showed up in a t-shirt and then like I didn't realize it was gonna be like hours. So it was like deep into nightfall once the stories started going. And so I actually rode home before I heard any of them because I was like freezing cold. So Kyle, if you wouldn't mind, what was your favorite memory about you that was brought up during those stories about you being told at your bachelor party? Well, full disclosure, I don't remember. A lot of my bachelor party. Uh, you know what? I took a recording of that, but you know, I mean, they're they're honestly mostly uh, all the greatest hits. You know, like I mean, there was obviously the the ankle breaking. There's the uh, Mark uh, Mark Water talked about the time he 
we were moving a fridge down my basement stairs and he <laughs> cut his hand. <laughs> and so his, uh, he lost grip and then the, the fridge fell down on me. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> or like slid on, slid, slid down the stairs like on me. Uh, but I caught myself. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I can't, honestly, I can't remember. I mean, it's all the, you know, it's all pretty much all the greatest hits, you know, but I, I kind of, kind of don't remember i think chrissy made a recording of it i should i should make sure i don't lose that what were those nice things you were gonna say about us that you were like i should have said this stuff oh yeah this is actually a, <laughs> a, a good opportunity now that we're re-recording this episode oh no uh, put me on the spot well i should have said last time and so i'll say it now that because you guys were like oh like you taught me this and you taught me that and yeah i mean you guys taught me a lot too and you taught me a lot about i mean chris you taught me a lot about arranging Evan, you taught me a lot about gear and tone. And Mikey, you are the the wizened weed uh, sage. And you just taught me how to be chill. (laughs) (laughs) That and CBD marijuana. Well, yeah, that was, I mean, that that was a good life lesson too. Yeah, I mean, anytime anytime someone like on the street, like asks me for money, I'm always like, you know, who even, like, who cares? It's just, it's just money. Like, who cares? And I feel like that was kind of something i i picked up from you mikey because you're just like you know not material thank you my guy so, thank you and uh and i had no idea about and evan i had no idea like what what uh pedals or amps or anything did like i kind of knew about like recording stuff only a little bit but you know just as far as like getting guitar tones and getting drum sounds and stuff like that and then chris you know you taught me how to like make stuff all like make sense together you know, like I would come up with crazy parts and then you would be like, yeah, you you can't play that note. That sounds dumb. And I'd be like, nah, man, <laughs> it sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, but from you, I got the, uh, you know, I still continuously rip off your bass playing to this very day. And if I hadn't met you and hadn't worked with you on that hide and seek record, uh, Lord knows I would still just be doing bass solos o- over songs. And I wouldn't have learned. You wouldn't have brought me into your room at the warehouse and sat me down and had me listen to Erica Badu records. And I wouldn't have been like, oh, this is what bass is supposed to sound like. Yeah. This is how a bass works in a mix. And uh, I appreciate that greatly. I, uh, you know, uh, with testament to listening to the song Plane Crash. I think that's a, a good example of exactly what I learned from you. And I know last time you mentioned you would have, you know, done some things differently and done yeah, a little bit more. Yeah. It was like it melodic was like, work on it. It was like a little, it was like Kyle style, but like a little gratuitous. <laughs> I was still figuring it out, you know? Yeah, but it was sick. And I mean, you know, that was 2012, Kyle, you know, not 2018, Kyle. Yeah, I don't lips, think I was actually, know. I don't think I was playing bass in a band. I think you caught me when I was still like mostly playing guitar. I think yeah, that was like, which is weird. So I, that was like the first time I had like played bass on something in a long time. Yeah, that's, that's my excuse I anyway. <laughs> oh, I just appreciate that level of taste that you've always strived for, despite Evan and I's like our best efforts against it. Uh, whenever we work on something together, I can remember like how nicely you would ask me to play less notes, and I'd be like, <laughs> "You're like, nope." Yeah. I, I think I convinced myself that this is, this wasn't what I was thinking, but I know at the time what it really boiled down to is. How's everybody supposed to know how good I am if I don't play all of these notes? <laughs> you, want me, you want me to sound yep. not 
great. Everyone should be mesmerized by the instrument that most people don't know the name of. Right. The bass is the lead instrument. (laughs) Come on. We were a band of seven lead instruments. That was the beauty of the Dangerous Ponies. Well, that's why why I hit one chord with tremolo, so, you know. (laughs) 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 I had to play second fiddle to everybody. I mean, Mikey, do you remember the moment where you were like, I'm supposed to be listening to the bass? Oh, my God. And then you listened to the a- bass, and you were like, oh, my God. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, the way it came about was we were recording in the studio. I don't remember which record it was, but we were recording, and it was Mikey and I playing. And <laughs> Oh, I remember And this. Mikey said it to was me. The, it was self-titled Dangerous Ponies. Yeah, he was like, you know, I've, I've been thinking about this a lot recently. I've been, like, changing my part a little bit because I – I started like listening to what the bass was doing and it like makes me like think about like what my kick drum should be doing a lot more. And I was just like, this is the first time you've listened to what the bass is doing. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> but would you, I, I mean, I remember, I just remember Chris, you and Mikey would always kind of like bicker at each other about like, and I was like, you know, I was just a guitar player playing chords with tremolo. So I was like, I don't know what, I don't know what the big deal is, you know? And then, and then we were like working on demos and then I soloed the the kick drum mic uh-huh. and the kick drum it was like a kick drum mic interpretive free jazz kick drum mic solo <laughs> the, the phrase you used at the time when you soloed it was it's a kick drum opus <laughs> well the thing is like I used to just feel the music as it came to me and I wouldn't focus at that on moment, right Cause I mean, fuck! How the fuck am I gonna focus on your part when you're playing a hundred million notes? Ooh, <laughs> like too fucking shit! I'm just like, I'm just like not yeah, Mikey super needs technically a drum pedal trained. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, no, there were rhythmic motifs not- and accented parts of it. That that's what I was trying to direct him towards. That's what so we're trained. What we so I just like, I just put my Mikey on it. And I'm like, this is the kick drum that my body feels, which is usually the kick drum in every song. It's amazing how much feel. responsibility you're shirking right now to just to, to levy it all onto me. <laughs> I don't know. It's a pretty good point. <laughs> in, in retrospect, yeah, he's got a lot of data to back that up. But at the time, that's not what was happening. <laughs> so good. That dude was just fucking high as hell and he was just feeling the vibe. <laughs> He was vibing for sure. That's why Mikey didn't need anything in the monitors, you know? He just vibed. We just followed him. Like, I I probably didn't know that, like, my kick drum and the bass should be married back then. And especially because, like, we had so much shit happening. I accent things differently. Like, just if I'm playing drums and this is just Mikey, you know, like, I accent and play things differently than would like traditionally be for a rock song or, you know, the ponies had so much shit happening. It's like, there's so many pockets I could play within. I could play within the guitars or the bass or the keys or Chrissy's melt, like vocal melody or like, you know, Mm -hmm. which you did a lot. You did accent the vocal melody a lot on the drums. I, I do remember that about your playing and that you would, you know, in the ponies, especially you would take a lot of, influence from all of the 8 billion things going on. So I do understand that taking a while to listen to Chris's uh, very busy bass line. I mean, eventually you guys got it down. And then when we were recording the second record, you guys were like hella tight and you and Kyle and Chris would arrange like 
these fucking insane, you know, grooves. I forget the one song. Sparks. Sparks, yeah. The fucking second verse of that. The that bass and drums, like the. Oh, yeah, they're really tight. The battle did it. Yeah, that was all. That was all Chris and Mikey. That was a lot of fun working on that one. Yeah. It was all Chris, let's be honest. I, I did it in logic, and then I told He's like, do this here. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> But yeah, but you did it. You made it feel good. I did it with MIDI at my house beforehand, and it was just some like goofy like robot stuff that I did on my computer, and then it became a groove uh, because of the awesome rhythm section that we had. Teamwork. Mm-hmm. And then and then fast forward a few years later, and Mikey and I would like practice where he would just like air drum and only hit the kick drum. We would we would yeah, work right. through songs just like that, so I could just like lock in the bass. So that's where that impact comes from, because that's that's the the trick about drums is that. Even though, like, we consider a drummer to be, you know, there is like one instrumentalist, the drum kit is a bunch of instruments that you're playing. And it's like you're doing mm-hmm. an arrangement all of your own of like this, you know, all these different percussion instruments that work in tandem, but are very much each have their own designated place in the arrangement. And that's what makes an arrangement more powerful. It's like when they're communicating with each of their registers appropriately, whether it's locking in with them or filling in the space in between. I mean, especially like listening to Thin Lips, like, you guys are masters of that. It, it really shows like all the years that you put in. Thanks, Chris. They really are the space between. <laughs> no, we're getting lost. Was that some Dave? Yeah, we almost got yeah, through a whole app without a Dave Matthews reference. <laughs> At least there's been no gifts. I mean, we banned the mic from gifts. Well, I'm holding the microphone this time because I'm using the laptop. Yeah, our last right. recording, Mikey poisoned our, our video chat with GIFs the entire time, <laughs> animated GIFs. I, I thought we were going to have to it handcuff him to his chair this time just to keep him from <laughs> sending he us had, like infrared <laughs> fart GIFs. The best one, yeah, it was infrared. The dude was peeing, and then he sneezed and farted at the same time. In infrared, and somehow so it was here just, we are I mean, talking about it was about a it huge again. fart too. It was not a small fart. Yeah, now that gift has poisoned two recordings of this episode. <laughs> yeah, we can't escape it. Highlight, Kyle. Have you seen Hamilton yet? I haven't. It's on my every time I. It's on, it's on my list. I don't have. I don't have a. <laughs> I, I don't have Mike <laughs> Bell's password for Disney Plus, so I'm, I'm not able to watch it. Everybody I know that's how they've how they've been able to watch Disney. So, so. just got to send out the bat signal. Yeah, Mike Bell. Last week's guest, Mike Bell. Everybody, uh, if you can, find him on the Twitter account that we mentioned on his episode. Tweet at him. Try to get his Disney Plus password. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, Andrew emailed us the video of the cop. So uh, I emailed that to all of you so you can all watch me. So look uh, at your screens now. Now. Pull out your Maybe phone. We'll- Maybe we'll post it on YouTube and can link it, but it's very funny. Well, Kyle, tell us what you're up to these days. I actually, today is a momentous day for 16-year-old Kyle because today I had a single drop from a band I produced called Adult Mom, and I produced and played bass on the record, but they the record actually came out on Epitaph Records. Yeah, which, which is my, which was like the label that got me into punk when I was a kid, and also had my all-time favorite band slash all-time favorite bassist, Rancid. Uh, that song uh, "Sober" dropped today. And I'm super fucking stoked about it. And Hell you yeah. played bass on it. I, I <clears throat> yeah, the their bass player quit like a few weeks before they were supposed to come in the studio, and I just played bass on the whole record. So worked out. 
That's so sick. Well, we love Adult Mom. We played a bunch of shows with them. Awesome band. I didn't even yeah, really send Epitaph. Were. That that's congratulations just, to you and Adult Mom. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, they just announced it a few few weeks ago or a month ago or whatever. But yeah, it rocks. And other than that, I've been uh did a record that came out a few months ago. Also something I was excited about that I got to play bass on with this uh artist named Shamir. And uh, now I've been, since uh, coronavirus and everybody's locked down, I've just been working on, I've actually been just probably like everybody else, I've been working on solo stuff. So I've been writing, making like groovy indie pop jams and I'm getting different people to to sing on it and stuff. So it's a slow process, but hopefully, I don't know, in another year <laughs> I'll have an EP. <laughs> with different people, but that's sick. That's like your own song a week. Yeah, it was a song, a song, uh, a quarter <laughs> or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's super Kyle style. I mean, I'm like tinkering and tinkering and tinkering. So, if you ever need a couple guys who are well versed in overplaying and not listening to anything else going on, <laughs> you know where to find us. <laughs> two two people who can only collaborate with each other and overwhelm everybody else. <laughs> Guys, I asked you for vocals and you sent me a three-part guitar mini. <laughs> I sang with my riffs. <laughs> yeah, you did. Oh, oh if, you, if you asked for vocals, I would just send you a three-part harmonized vocoder riff. Oh, right, yeah. Oh, my God. You guys kind of came out with this Teenage Blob record at kind of the perfect time. Like a record that is a video game. People can experience the record as a video game because everybody's fucking locked in their house. I know it took you a while to get it out, but it kind of came out at the perfect time. And Definitely it rocks. the nicest, the nicest review we've ever gotten of anything ever in our entire life. Really, was definitely the six one indie review of that game. Mm-hmm. And it was that like, a is that a video game review website? Thing? They do a lot of different kind of pop culture stuff. It's mostly video games and music. Like it, he does, he does different <laughs> segments for video game, different segments for music. Talks about food. Like he's pretty much he's from Long Island or he's from somewhere in New York, and it's just like uh, his name's Mike. All of Mike's interests line up entirely with ours. I feel like and right. it's just like we made the the person who we essentially made the game for found the game and was like, oh my <laughs> god, it's exactly everything <laughs> I've ever wanted. Right. But we also got a we got a nomination for the uh, New York Game Awards, like best uh, video game soundtrack. I forget they have a fun name, like the best Tin Pan Alley, uh, something something, best music in a game. And so we're up oh, against awesome. like Final Fantasy VII and Hades and uh, Spider Man oh, Miles shit. Morales. So it's this Whoa. is definitely the biggest honor that we've had for a release so far. That's awesome. Hell yeah. Yeah. So cool. yeah, I mean, it's a cool thing. It, it rocks. I mean, I remember Mikey would always play the EP in the in the van as it was being mixed. I heard it in in various incremental stages. Oh, was that around the mix four or mix thirty seven or mix uh, six hundred and twenty five? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome. Well, thank you, Kyle. Hell yeah. Kyle taught me love. Kyle taught me patience. Kyle taught me pain. Kyle's amazing. <laughs> Kyle tried to teach me taste. I didn't accept for a long time. <laughs> Kyle's God. Whoa. That's coming from That's Jesus. coming from Jesus. <laughs> Your son. Uh, Dad. But uh, Kyle, true. thank you again for doing this podcast episode a second time. No problem. Um, but yeah, uh, 
What do we do? I go, uh, this was the Super Week, Super Week, uh, Supercast. Thank you for listening to the Super Week, Super Weekly podcast. I'm your host, Evan. That's not the name. That's not the name still. You fucked it up. The Super Week, Super Weekly, Supercast. Super Weekly podcast. No. (laughs) Poor Chris. Give give it to me one more time so I have a clean ending for it. You're listening to the Super Week, Super Weekly podcast. (laughs) Fuck you. Oh, my God. Well... Thanks, everybody. This has been the Super Week, Super Weekly Supercast. Thank you to Kyle for being here. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you for coming, Kiki, to the internet. Can't wait to come back. (laughs) That was fun. (laughs) Nailed it.